Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Dreams are funky things. <laughs> no kidding, man. <laughs> and? Have you ever, have you ever, you know, I had a dream the other day that totally connected to a story that's in the mainstream media. Uh-huh. I'm not going to share what the dream is because it, ugh. Well, you ever have dreams, you wake up and you're like, ugh. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, Get how that, did that thing come out of here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then you have some that are just straight up crazy. <laughs> huh? As crazy as Young Thunder. Oh, man. This yeah. is hilarious. Babe, if you're listening, we moved to Ecuador, apparently. Yeah, you did. I had a dream last night hey. that, Carl, you and your wife moved to Ecuador. And okay. me and my wife got on a plane to come visit you. And uh, and we stayed for like a week. And the weird thing was, is in my dream... I went to not. I went to bed on the first night, and I woke up, and it was the end of the week already. And my wife was like, "Yeah, we went through the whole week." What? And, and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "I don't remember any of this." So in your dream, yeah, you're dreaming. Yeah, in my dream, I slept. Oh, that's so funny. And, and slept through the whole week, but then I got up on the last day, and we were packing up and saying goodbye. And, yeah. And you said, "You guys." have been the most polite guests that we have had here this whole time. And oh, thanks. So I know. You weren't so polite, Super Dice. She hadn't been there yet. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. But I, I have no idea why that dream came into my mind. But, yeah, I spent the whole night last night in Ecuador with Carl and Junan and my wife. And it was a crazy time. It is so good. <laughs> it's just the craziest things in the I know, world. I know. Dreams I, are nuts, so I have no context for this dream. I've never been to Ecuador. I, I don't know. I don't know what this was, but it came oh. into my head last night. I don't know. Let me try to interpret this thing. Okay. Let's see what we can do here. Okay. Uh, you and your bride are going <laughs> to open a hospitality house, ah. and you're going to have 40 children. Okay. 10 are your own, 30 are adopted. <laughs> And you're going to be known as the greeting queen and king of Chicagoland. It's going to be an amazing thing. Okay, so we're not doing it in Ecuador, though. No, no, not in Ecuador. That was just showing that you're willing to go the extra mile. (laughs) Okay, I like that. Boy, I'm shooting from the hip here. That's good. That's a good one. All right, 40 kids for... Young Thunder and his bride, Shannon. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Wow. But only, but only ten are your biological ones, Shannon. Only ten. <laughs> That's not oh, concerning okay. at all. Thirty, yeah. thirty are adopted. <laughs> Can you imagine having forty kids? No, I can't. There's no context for that oh. scenario. <laughs> My bride and I had a had a couple of friends that spoke with us on the Family Life Speaker Team when we went around the nation doing those weekends to remember, yeah. and they're just awesome folks. Well, when they got married. She was kind of a kind of a strong I'm a working woman and yeah. you know I'm not big on kids. God spun her heart around and she's like, "Uh oh, I'm into kids." Ah. Uh-huh. They had a dozen. That's crazy. Yeah, they had a dozen. Natural? Oh, oh yeah, wow. natural. Wow. And I the think- good thing is he owned a car lot. Wow. So they could get okay. big cars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That works out <laughs> can well. Can you imagine what going out to dinner looks like with 12 kids? No, I can't. Oh my I, I'd imagine there wasn't a lot of that yeah. going out to dinner. No, I mean, what, just from the sheer 
I mean, the strategy of getting everyone together. Yes, absolutely. And their clothes on. Can, can you imagine getting out the door for church? I think if I had kids, oh, if yeah. I if I had twelve kids, I think three of them would need to be adopted, and they would all need to be seventeen or older, so that they could help. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> help well, you out. know, you okay, know, the story okay. goes. I think if you have like five or more kids, yeah. they say the older ones raise the younger ones. Yes. Yeah. Well. I tried that with two. <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> your three-year-old son, all right, watch your sister. Yeah, and watch your one-year-old sister. Okay. <laughs> your mom and I are going out. Oh, uh, no, we love those kiddos. That's yes. great. What's funny is kids are kids no matter what. By the way, here's the funny thing about kids. We don't change a whole lot from when we were in fourth grade. There's no. some brain science on this. Like how you are in fourth grade is mm-hmm. a pretty good indicator of what you're going to be like. It is so funny to have adult kids and you get windows into their adult life and you you look into that window and it's like, oh, I'm looking back when they're in fourth grade. Sure enough. They they don't change much. No. no, I mean, Super you haven't changed much from fourth grade. Oh, great. (laughs) She goes, just what I wanted to hear. No, but I mean. I ruined my day. (laughs) Well, now now I'm going to say this. That kind of makeup of who we are, our unique mm-hmm. design, that doesn't yeah. change. But all the inner workings inside that thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That changed big time. <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. Back so, babe, babe, I want to tell you, although we've never visited Ecuador, we now live oh, there. You do. Oh, yeah. You go. Sorry. And we got Young Thunder and Shannon down there. Yeah. And I affirmed them that they were the best guests we've ever uh-huh. had. Yeah. Which, I'd... by the way, you know what that's speaking to? What's that? How much our authority structure here is you're listening for feedback about things. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that's what it's about. It's fair. I'd be like, wow, Carl and Janan think me and Shannon are really good guests. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Whatever. <laughs> Super Day, you haven't been there yet. Okay, you and Pat haven't right. been there yet. That's right. Oh, goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah. You would be good guests, though. You'd be some of the best. <laughs> Guys, we're talking about high praise this week. And I'll tell you what, we're going to have a really unique day today because I got in here early and I'm, something took me whoop, a little bit of a tweak from where I was going to go. And, and, you know, I was going to do a divergent kind of sidestep away from where we were at yesterday, which is, you know, if. If we've got praise coming off of our lips, man, it's going to redirect our lives. It just will. But we're going to go a little bit deeper on this one here. And I, you know what? Here's what I've got. I've got a Warren Wiersbe quote that I want to read to you that's really good. Lisa got this for me yesterday when she was digging around. Warren Wiersbe, by the way, nine years, I think, pastor at Moody Church, <laughs> author of 50, 60, 70 books, just passed away here in 2019. Great dude, man. Unbelievable guy. Uh, he was the director of the Back to the Bible radio ministry. Yes. Right here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, solid brother. Passed away at the age of 89, May 2nd, 2018. Just been gone a few years, guys. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, really recent. This is what he says. Nothing paralyzes our lives like the attitude that things can never change. We need to remind ourselves that God can change things. Outlook determines outcome. If we see only the problems, we will be defeated. 
But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. Warren Wiersbe. Now, this is huge because I'm not, you know, I am. How do I say this? I'm not one of these power of positive thinking guys, but I am a power of biblical thinking. I am in the power of thinking rightly about who you are in Christ. But I got to tell you, based on this new study that I'm looking at right here, I might I might really start leaning into this whole thing of, no, let's just, by the act of our will, curtail negative conversation and go toward positive conversation. Because there's been extensive study done on the impact of team conversations that ought to impact what comes off of our lips. And I'm going to give that to you coming up. Talking about Jesus and having fun while doing it. We're Carl and Crew Morning. Yeah, high praise. We're talking about it all week long. And this is a matter of capturing whew, what's in our mind and going a different direction with it. I love what Warren Wiersbe said. By the way, nine years, Pastor Moody Church, great man of God, prolific author, wrote the, the B-series books. I don't know how many of them. I think 50 of them or so. Wow. Yeah. So he did the Be Real, Be Rich, Be Obedient, Be Mature, Be Joyful, all these B books. He did okay. 50 of those. That's wow. cool, man. Yeah. Okay. And uh, who knows how many other books he wrote. But Where's B, Godly Guy, pastored Moody Church from 71 to 78. This is what he says. Nothing paralyzes our lives like the attitude that things can never change. Well, he's right about that. We need to remind ourselves that God can change things. I need you to hear that, Boom Crew, today. I need you to hear that. God can change things. Outlook determines outcome. Now, that sounds all pithy and kind of like, you know, some guy at Mr. Positivity course down at the community college. Sure. Well, it's actually true. It is. Outlook determines outcome. If we see ourselves only, if we see only the problems, we will be defeated. But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. This is why we're called to take every thought captive unto the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is why we're called to offer our bodies as living sacrifices by the renewing of our mind. This is why we're called time again to fix our hearts and minds on things above. For we died, and our life is now hidden with Christ and God. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm just shooting from the hip of my soul here. But this is fascinating, guys. I want to give you something staggering. Um, Losada and Hefe have studied extensively the impact of team conversations. This is an excerpt from a big, broad article that I'm reading, studying here. But their research has clearly demonstrated the impact of the type of conversations on team performance. And so they studied high-performing teams that were moving the dial on their metrics and things are moving forward and they're mm -hmm. producing versus low-performing teams. Positivity versus negativity in the conversation cycle. And this is what they found. High-performing teams have positivity at a 6 to 1 ratio over negativity in their conversations. So for seven conversations, 
Six of them are positive. One is negative. Okay. 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 Yeah. Low performing teams. Want to know the ratio? One conversation of positivity for 20 of negativity. Now, I got to tell you guys, <laughs> this, this is huge. This is huge, man. And we have a choice. A lot of us think, well, we don't have a choice. You know, we're on a team like this. And I think maybe you ought to call a meeting for your team. Maybe you ought to call a meeting for your elders. Maybe you ought to call a meeting for your staff. Maybe you ought to call a meeting for your small group. And just say, hey, you know, there's these studies out there that proves that low-performing teams have one conversation of positivity versus 20 conversations of negativity. Maybe you ought to call a conversation with your spouse and sit down and go, hey, what can we do to have six conversations of positivity versus just one of negativity. Absolutely. Yeah. I, guys, what, what do you, well, how does this strike you? Well, I mean, it strikes me because it's, it is so true. I think that negativity really can move kind of like a poison in the way that we do things. And as we spread it, then yeah. that's going to be the most common future output as well. The more negative you put in now, the more negative comes it's just, out later. It's just a flywheel effect. Yes, absolutely. But the ratio here, guys. I mean, this is this isn't even close. No, you break high performing teams versus low performing teams. High performing teams, six positive conversations to one negative. Low performing teams, one positive conversation to twenty negative. That's the ratio. That's amazing. I mean, and that speaks to all levels, whether you're management, mid management, or 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 just the worker. It, it speaks mm-hmm. to every single level. Yeah, and I mean, the question is, are you going to have an organization, an elder board, a small group, a marriage that leans toward positivity or negativity? Because here's the reality. The outcomes of performance are undeniably impacted by the kind of conversations that you have. Pretty sobering, isn't it? I mean, no kidding. there is yeah. nothing like good, hard data to go, whoa, maybe this is why the Apostle Paul said, whatever is good, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy <laughs> of praise, yes. let us think of these things in the peace of God. You know why? Peace of God doesn't get birthed in negativity. It does Straight not. up. It just doesn't. It doesn't happen. Nope. Ain't Can't no do peace if you're down in the mouth. Man, this is so exciting, I can barely stand it here today. I, I can tell. I'm very excited about this, and here's why. Boom Crew, here's why I'm excited about this. God does want to change us. He does. Warren Wiersbe's right. But if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. Isn't that cool? It's one of the most freeing things ever. Very it, encouraging. That we've got hope today. In, and by the way, don't be so negged out that you think ain't nothing going to change. That's just another negative conversation. Right? It can change. Coming up, minute and a half. I got something for you. Good. Got something. Okay. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. 
I got the best bride in the world. She calls me up just now and goes, now what was that quote you just said so by Wearsby? What was the end of that line? I missed that it's one. So she, great. My bride's at home writing down stuff. <laughs> Taking That's notes. Awesome. Isn't that great? I love it. I'll give you what I gave her. He says, if we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. If we see the possibilities in the problems, we can have victory. You know, I'd planned on getting away from this today, but I'm coming back to it because here's what's hit me. I don't know if you're thinking truth or, and here's another one, because if you're talking about group dynamics, I don't know if you've got the right friends around you. Mm. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. And here's here's the issue. I want you to know that what you're thinking about and the friends you choose matters. If you think truth, there's going to be victory. If you choose the right friends, you're going to have victory. Uh, We gave out a resource yesterday. We had about 700 of them go out. So if you already got this link, you can go back and hit that same link or just get a fresh one. But in it, I want you to take another look at something under the hood. It's kind of like going back to the dashboard. By the way, this is really important. An unmeasured life, an unexamined life is a dangerous life to live. Would we agree? 100%. But but God gives us a dashboard. You know what Jesus did all the time? He asked questions. You know why he asked questions? Because questions help you self-examine. So all this assessment does is ask you questions so that you can let God put a little dashboard up in front of you. Isn't that funny how this works? Yeah, it's it's really, it's just showing us what is already there. It's not telling us anything new. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I want you to, if you haven't gotten this yet, get it. Use this as a tool. I get a little bit shy about it sometimes because I made the tool with a team of folks. Sure. But I shouldn't be like that. No. It's important. Sometimes you just got to go, let's just get it out there. It's a free assessment. Come and get it. And here's what I want you to look at. You're going to get seven kind of dial indicators of seven key areas, right? But two of them that I want you to look at is, are you thinking truth and have you chosen the right friends in your life that are going to really help you get victory? Bottom line. And don't get discouraged because if you're feeling like, oh, I'm a 30 on friend, I'm a 30 on thinking truth and I'm a 40 on choosing friends. I stink. There's no way out. No, that's not true. Yes, there's a way out. Absolutely. God's got a plan for you. Kid. So, all right, come and get this assessment right now unapologetically and pass it out to your friends, guys. Yeah, absolutely, yes. We will send you the link, and when you do open it up, the homepage right there, you will see a rectangle. Highlight it, v- take the assessment there, but the link simply will get it to you. Text the word seven. Please text the word seven. And here's your number, 312-274-9624, 312-274-9624. Again, the word seven. Okay, we're going to get the Warren Wiersbe quote up on Facebook and Instagram. Super die, can you do that I for us? I will work on that for sure. We'll probably figure, a smart idea. Because guess what? <laughs> we got the question coming in. Where is that thing? All right, guys, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to break into some, uh, oh, did you hear what's going on in the middle of all this discussion? We've got candlelight carols. We do. And I had some real fun. Did, did, uh, <laughs> did, do you think I should ask her the question about the 3,000 carolers? Oh, you need, yeah, you Absolutely. need a stumper. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah. That's coming up straight in. 
helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, Boom Crew, I want to tell you about Candlelight Carols. This is really cool. This year, we have something super planned. We're getting about 3,000 people together. We're going to light candles at the end of Wells. We're going to walk all the way down Wells, and we're going to be caroling the whole way. You Hold it. Is that not what's happening? Just... <laughs> is it different than that this year? Is it different I than that? Am just... All right, hold on, hold on. Let's get the real facts here. We've got an expert, Kelly Worrell, professor of communications. That means she knows how to communicate the truth. Right here at Moody Bible Institute, field chair for the Music and Media Arts Division. She was looking at me like I had three heads over here. What information does he have? Set me straight. First off, good to have you, Kelly. Good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. That's great. We're excited. No, the candlelight carols this year is going to be amazing. Guys, it does not involve you holding candles or walking down Well Street caroling. (laughs) Correct. Although that is a great picture. 3,000 people walking down Well Street caroling. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Next year. The permitting for that would cost (laughs) a lot of money. Wouldn't that be great, though? What if we hosted a Candlelight Carols one year that had thousands of people walking up and down the streets of the city caroling? Uh, that would be par. Wow. Be. Okay. okay, let's get the real deal because this year is amazing. I've been to a lot of Candlelight Carols. You guys are ramping it up. What's going on this year? Reimagining it in a big way. So I know. COVID kind of gave us the opportunity to take a break and pause yes. and reimagine and reinvent. So we're hosting it right on our campus. We're decking the campus out. It's going to be spectacular. But we're building around the typical concert, which will still include all of our ensembles and a drama piece from our drama team. But there's going to be a festival surrounding both before and after on campus. What's going to be there? So we got food trucks coming and our our Commons Cafe will be open so you can enjoy a meal, snacks with carolers. There'll be live carolers in the Commons. Oh, my goodness. Our children and family ministry students are creating a whole walking live nativity for kids. Oh, my word. So it's going to be a lot more family-friendly than it has been in past years. So bring your family. Uh, there'll be a Christmas market. So we have a lot of our moody entities will be there, as well as some outside vendors selling fun Christmas gifts to support oh, good causes. Word. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. So you're in the middle of this mix, We're in huh? the middle, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you maxed out right now? A little bit. <laughs> I may or may not have been here all weekend painting set pieces. <laughs> oh, I may or may not have been here. May or may not, yeah. Oh, my word. Okay, so what's the date on Candlelight Carols? Saturday, December 3rd, Sunday, December 4th. The event starts at 3, so the festival will open at 3. The concert is at 5, and then the festival will open again after the concert. After the concert, we're also also going to open up our new education media spaces for a little open house sneak peek oh my right word. here in Chapman one, right downstairs. Oh my So goodness. we'll be displaying a lot of work by our artistic students and kind of showcasing them a little bit, all sorts of different creative pieces that they've put together. How so, great so fun. is this? Now I know yeah. tickets are going fast. Saturday is, is close to selling out, but there's plenty of tickets for Sunday. As far as I know, are so. there, is there one each day? One? Yes. Okay, so Sunday is at what time? Three o'clock as both, well? Yeah, same time, both days. And you'll want to show up at three to if take can, in the whole absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And the parking? Parking, there's limited parking on campus. When you order your tickets, you'll get an email that includes additional parking options. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. How awesome is this, guys? We were talking about this as a team. You guys have really pulled out all the stops. We're excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. It, this is amazing. Uh, what's the f- what's the favorite thing that 
God's been laying on your heart about this event this year? I think just all of it, opening it up to new audiences, bringing in new people, giving people the opportunity to spend more time on our campus with Moody and get to know Moody on a deeper level and what God's doing here. God is doing some incredible things in our campus, through our campus, on our campus. And we just want to share that with people and share the love of Jesus. So sweet. And Kelly, what are the different groups again that are singing? Yeah, our music ensemble. So we have our chorale, we have our orchestra, we have our gospel choir, which is rebooted in a big way this year with Walter Owens directing. Yes. So excited. Both of our collectives, Ecclesia and Everpraise, they've both done original music this year that they're going to showcase. Um, And then at Vivum Drama Team and our jazz band, which is always fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. Kelly, how do they get tickets for this? Candlelightcarols.org. Candlelightcarols.org. Now go there quickly, guys, and grab these up. And I want to invite you, Boom Crew, bring your kids and come early. Don't just come to the 5 o'clock kind of that formal piece. Two hours of incredible time ahead of time. Flood the campus. Flood the zone down here. Candlelightcarols.org. Get your tickets. They're going fast. Saturday's almost sold out. Sunday, get them before they're gone. Thank you, Kelly, for being in here today. Thank you so much. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Oh, uh, my, my wife, man, this is like Christmas morning for her. We got a quote from Warren Wiersbe. By the way, that quote that I just read is up on Facebook and Instagram right now. But on top of that, baby, I got some good news talking to my wife right now. Isn't this weird? Talking to your wife on radio? Baby, I got I like some that. good news. My wife has been saying forever. Why don't we have stickers for the Boom Crew? Right. Yeah. Right. True that. Uh, agree. We got them. We <laughs> We got stickers. We got Carl and Crew morning stickers that that are really classy ones. They're not like the big old ones that you know that used to take up a quarter of your bumper. That's right. These are the cool new ones that take up a little chunk, right? Yeah, yes, sir. But uh, Andrew Wilson, you are something else. Because on top of that. I have a roll of basically Carl and Crew Mornings duct tape. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you kidding me? Yes, How sir. did you find this stuff? Oh, my goodness, man. I just want to serve duct tape. Everybody needs duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I'll keep my whole house together with Carl and Crew duct tape. There it is. Oh, my poor neighbors. Oh, they're going to see Carl and Crew duct tape. What else you got? Matt's holding up so all we, kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've got that? some other little tiny stickers like... Uh, We've got some little oval ones, some long ones. Oh, These I love ones it. Like, are specific to oh, Moody like Radio, those. but yeah, that's yeah. Then, great. You, you so put that on like a laptop stuff. or something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Water bottle. These are cool. yeah. These square. No, the cool. square stickers. Yeah, those these are because right? these can go on bumpers or yes, car or Windows. car windshields, yes. water yes. bottles. Not windshields. Not like in front of. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it in the windshield. Officer. I didn't see the car because I'm trying to advertise Carl and Crew Mornings. We're working on some Boom Crew designs, too. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I can't wait. You're working on Boom Crew designs? Yes, sir. Specific with the term Boom Crew. Boom Crew. Love it. Yes. This is something else. For our amazing morning listeners. Okay, um, listen here. We're going to go around the horn here, and uh, we're going to let's play Embarrass Andrew Wilson, our church, the new church release. (laughs) What's his his title, Matt, our manager? He's our uh, director of promotions and church engagement. Church engagement. (laughs) And stuff. And stuff. He is is a a righteous guy. I love this guy, man. So we're going to go around, and we're going to just brag on this guy. Why do we really love Andrew? 
Come on. I love it, Andrew, because he doesn't have to care about me, but he does. Uh, mm. And I, I mean that. It sounds silly, but you can work in a place and work promotions for a morning show and not care a lick about them. You know, you can know them. You can do the thing. But but you actually like you sent us an email saying, hey, answer all these questions. And they were specifically so I can know you better. And you don't have to do that. 20 questions. Yes. Took me forever to fill out that <laughs> sucker. <laughs> I mean, he's got me answering questions about things that I forgot. Yeah. Man, I'm old. First dog. First dog. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was, that was Pepper. He was a cockapoo. He was great. I love it. Um, That was the only question that wasn't on the list. That's right. Glad you weren't working with him, Super Die. We'd had 21. Uh, Super Die, what do we love about Andrew Wilson? I just have to ditto Jonathan and then just even add on to that that just authentic. He is so authentic. He lives what he is, and he is what he is. I mean, just so true to heart. And just, again, the caring and the servitude. You feel it and you know it because people can say it, but their actions are totally different. And no, you live it. You live it. You live it. I'm going to get the final word. But Matt, you get second to the final word on this guy. What do you love about Andrew Wilson? Um, Andrew is one of the most humble people I know, and he hates this right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is killing him right now. This is great. This is why we're going to keep keeping it on. We're going to bury this guy right now. We're going to bury him. Uh, Here's what I love about Andrew. Uh, Andrew has a heart for discipleship big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he joined me some out at a T7R speaking thing that we hadn't even planned on doing a joint venture on this thing. I was just kind of going out and doing that. Yeah. Well, Shazam, our promotions <laughs> church engagement guy goes, hold it. Why aren't we coming out there as moody to your event? This is crazy. Mm. And so he shows up out there and he just serves like crazy Networks with people, and it's just so cool. That's cool stuff. Andrew Wilson, that. I want to tell you something. Yes, sir. I love you. Oh, thanks, brother. You are a genuine brother. You are the real deal, and God has great things ahead for you. Amen. Not only here, but in life. Amen. I Amen. appreciate that. And you know what else? You outpunted your coverage when you married your wife. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> I did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, all, yeah. like okay, all, like all four of us guys. <laughs> We got we got four guys here that are good punters. Yeah, <laughs> yes, to believe it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we love you, man. Thanks for being here today. Absolutely. Um, you were you were mentioning this topic that we've been on yesterday and today. It's important what we think about, isn't it, Andrew? Oh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, what we fix our minds on, hundred percent important. How does God work that out in your life? Because mm. you you must have times you get tempted to get flat out discouraged. Absolutely, you know, and, and a lot of it comes back to identity in Christ, who I am, because I know who I belong to. I know whose I am. I know that phrase has, has really gained some traction this year. But um, man, and there's a lot of uh, depth in Romans. You know, as we renew our minds daily. Yes. You know, just uh, making sure that we are replacing that stinking thinking. Yeah, with yeah. what with what God says. Yeah, that's right on, buddy. Well, anytime you want to duck in here and just be part of the oh, crew, you can do it. Anytime you, you want to duck in it. here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. You guys are awesome.
And I'm not just saying that because you brought in cool stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, I know love languages. Yeah, and you wrote no. Matt, too. Yeah. No, so, my, my, you love, wrote Matt. my love language has nothing to do with this little gizmo stuff that he brought in, but right. this is just good stuff. Sure is cool. Yes. Matt, how do you want to use this uh, in the Boom Crew going forward? I mean, we've got some crazy ideas. we yeah. got a crazy idea. I don't know if we can talk about it. Have we put any more thought to this uh, tailgate party for the Super Bowl kind of a thing? We're working on We're that, right? We're still working it. Yes, sir. Okay, so... That, but, I mean, we're really wanting to build on this relationship we've got with the Boom Crew, right, Matt? Yeah, I yep. think I think a big part of this is just um, taking what we already have in place and expanding it yes. to bigger and better things. And, and what can we do? What does that look like? How do we have the Boom Crew uh, be... Uh, a voice for Carl and Crew Mornings. So, yes, because so, they want to be. As silly as it sounds, a, a bumper sticker is where it starts, right? Yeah. And then from there, mm-hmm. you know, we've got people. I mean, you were talking to uh, Andrew. I'm, I'm, I'm pointing. <laughs> right. I'm not saying who it is. I'm, I'm pointing to Andrew. Andrew was telling me about how many people showed up with Boom Crew shirts on yeah. to your at event. The, at the event. And, and I'm yep. thinking, man, we got to be utilizing these as the people who yeah. love you know, Moody Radio, Carl and Crew Mornings are part of the Boom Crew to be a vocal point for us. Because we live in a world today, guys, that is so discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The the stats of this are staggering. You ready for this? 71% of the general population feels isolated and disconnected. Mm. And that's been exacerbated because of COVID and everything that came out of that. Absolutely. Well, I want to tell you something, Andrew Wilson. I think you're a tremendous man of God. Mm. And I want you to know that God has some amazing things in store for you. Amen. I know you didn't come here to Moody to work for the big bucks. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. God's going God's gonna, to God's gonna work. Yeah. And God's going to do something really beautiful through you, bud. And your reward is going to be rich in glory. Amen. And I appreciate your heart of humility. I appreciate that you're a man of God. And I want you to know I love you. It's awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this is a cool thing, man. Yes, it is. It's exciting to be here for such a time as this, man. God is uh, God is on the move, and I'm just excited to help partner. And uh, as we work together, That's it. we're going to have some fun. Time. We're yeah. going to have some fun. Yeah, it's great. And Matt's pretty cool, too. Matt is super cool. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes without saying. <laughs> And by the way, we don't do the suck up thing around here because if we got some, if we got a bee in our bonnet, we'll share that one too. <laughs> but Matt's, for sure. <laughs> I was wondering. Hey, hey, hey! No, that's it's, it's cool, man. Now we're hitting something really important this morning here. Stick around, guys. I want you to interact with me on this next topic we've got coming up. We're so far behind the eight ball, Matt. Are, is, sorry. The only thing Matt's on me about around here is he goes, "Can you try to stay on the clock a little tighter?" Hell. And I'm like, "I'm working at it. <laughs> working at it." You quit hiring on these cool guys and I can stay on the clock a little bit better. That's right. All right. Coming up here in a minute and a half. Uh, I want I want to interact with you, Matt, about this because I want this to change. Um, I'm making a commitment. I, here I am, Mr. Optimism and type A. Let's go take the hill. Sometimes I can get. Sometimes I can get I can let circumstances get me down and we can't afford it. And I'm going to prove to you why. Boom Crew, coming up in a moment, there's been a massive study done by Lazada and Hepfi on the 
power of positivity versus the power of negativity and what that meant for high-performing teams versus low-performing teams. Boy, hang on. We're going to interact about this one. All of us in here. This team just keeps growing. This is great. I think you guys ought to get cots and be here every morning with us. (laughs) Hang on. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, by the way, we got this Warren Wiersbe quote up on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out, guys. By the way, we're talking high praise this whole week because as we steam into Thanksgiving, if there's ever a time when we've got to be reoriented, and here's why. When we get around family and friends, sometimes, have you ever noticed that even as adults, we're all adults in here, we can revert back to our childhood when we get around family and everyone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, triggers, for sure. Isn't that weird how that happens, guys? I mean, as soon as I go back to being with my brothers, my my wife is like, it's like you guys are all children again, except we're, I'm the youngest at almost 27. (laughs) It's like we're all 10 (laughs) or younger now. But it's funny saying, my my bride used to tell me when I get around my my big sis, five years older, little sis, five years younger, my mom and dad, she goes, I see a side of you I've never seen before. Yes, absolutely. And I wasn't sure she was super affirming in that side that she saw. (laughs) But then she'd say, it's the same thing with me, bub. I get around my family. It's like, so when we have family coming over for Thanksgiving, you know, sometimes the holidays can be wonderful. Sometimes they can be not so good. Um, but we can, as Christ followers, be irrigating our mind with truth. And by the way, somebody asked me this the other day. Uh, I was being asked because I do some coaching for T7R, and I was being asked, why do I cuss? And I'm like, mm. what a great question. You know, cussing is not a mouth problem. It's a heart problem. Yeah. Mm. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So if you've got a cussing problem of have a hard attitude check. Yeah. But also the mind is important. What do we find? We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's how we lay down our lives as a living sacrifice. We can set our mind on things above for we died and our life is now hidden with Christ in God. Colossians mm. 3, 1 through 3. Yeah. And God wants to do amazingly more than we can even imagine. So God doesn't even say dream big. He says don't don't dream at all. I've got bigger dreams than you can have for yourself. Yeah. But I got our manager, Matt McNeely, in here and our the, the guy with the longest job title in the world. Matt, what is Andrew Wilson's <laughs> job title? <laughs> director of Programming and Church Engagement. Okay, Director of Programming and Church Engagement. And I just want to talk about this as a team. This is pretty powerful stuff. There's been a 30-year longevity study done on the impact of team conversations. This one is mind-blowing, guys. Listen to this. They looked at high-performing teams versus low-performing teams. And this is what they found. Ready for the ratio? Positivity versus negativity in conversation. They found that high-performing teams had positivity in conversations at a 6-to-1 ratio. Meaning, if you got seven meetings, six of them were, let's go take the hill. Yeah. Let's yeah. figure out. I got chills right now thinking about that. Because I know that intuitively and instinctively. When I was leading a church in Alaska, we had 72 staff. Part of what kept that flywheel cooking was God's blessing and us rehearsing all that God was doing, right? Oh, yeah. On the other hand... Low-performing teams, you might think, oh, it's, a, you know, it's probably a flip ratio. <laughs> it's flip to a large degree, to a larger degree. Check this out. 
Low-performing teams have, have positivity conversations versus negativity conversations at a ratio of 1 to 20. Wow. Meaning, if you have 21 conversations, low-performing teams have one positive one and 20 negative conversations. Mm. What's that mean for us here, guys? Let's pretend no one else is here. What's that mean for us as a team here? Well, I, th- I think you said just a little while ago about being an eternal optimist, right? That's that's what we feel. I feel like that's what I am as well. Like I always want to be optimistic and I want, always want to be the biggest cheerleader. Um, so I end up going into it with that mentality. But sometimes. Sometimes it takes a right turn. Yeah. And I go, where did that come from? Yeah. We got to be alert, don't we? Yeah. Because we know that Satan, if negativity produces low-performing teams, and I'm talking, you might say to yourself right now, well, I'm not on a team. If you're married, you're on a team. If you're in a family, you're on a team. If you go to work, you're on a team. If you're in a small group, you're in a team. Think about this, kids. Yeah, absolutely. If you're on a staff, you're on a team. Mm-hmm. This is this big. Andrew Wilson, what do you yes, think sir. about this, buddy? You know, uh, it's what you just said a, a few moments ago, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our words reinforce our thinking. And so if we're all thinking that we're in this together, but our words aren't matching up with that, yeah, man, we're, we're going to be constantly frustrated running into issues, you know, interpersonal issues as well as organizational. But if our words will match what we're really believing and what yeah. we're really thinking, goodness gracious, uh, that is space for God to do amazing things. Hmm. Yeah, that's so well put. Well, and I think also uh, as you – as you work with these teams that we're talking about, whether it be small groups or it be this team right here that we're looking at, are we putting each other on our shoulders or are we looking down on that person? Yeah. Or are we saying, mm-hmm. why didn't you do that better instead of, man, how can I help you do that? Yeah, the yeah next that's time, you know, exactly like, what right. What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So let me pray for us all right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we the redeemed... Let it be said of us that we lifted each other up. Not that we ignored problems, but even how we talk about them. Lord, let them be filled with grace and mercy and hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I got to tell you guys something. I had a great conversation with my wife this morning while we were doing radio during a song. And she said, you know, it positivity versus negativity, it doesn't mean that you avoid tough stuff. She said, you know, Bub, we had a, we had a, um, oh, what's it called? We have these conversations. We were coached by a couple here that gave us some amazing counsel on the need to, because a lot of times couples go through life and they just become glorified roommates, man. Mm-hmm. But these honest couch conversations where you look at one another eye to eye, and you just share something on your heart. She said, you know, bud, we had one of those yesterday. We did. It's called a meeting. A meeting for Carl and babe. <laughs> babe, babe, babe and bub. Cute. Babe and bub. And we sat down. And you know what? She had a tough thing she had to share with me. But she did it in a really good way. Mm-hmm. And you know what came out of that? Good stuff. Yeah. Come on. So here's... Positivity doesn't ignore problems. It just tackles them differently. Yeah. Right? 
You know, Carl, this morning I was uh, in my in my time with with the Lord, I was reading about um, uh, the the verse in uh, Chronicles, I believe it, it talks about wives submit to your husbands. Right. And one of the greatest pieces of that was readjusting the word submit to things like trust. And it's not about control. It's about like trust, believing in the other person and wanting what's best for the other person. So like this, this idea of, you know, wives trust your husband for they have the better ideas for you, right? They've got bigger and better things for you. They want to lift you up in these things. And it was, I don't know, it stood out to me because it was something that I'd never heard like that before. So we have to think about that within our teams too. Like it's not submit to me as the boss or submit to Carl as the right. lead of the show. It's it's trust that we have the same great goals and ideas and joys for you and come alongside us and let's do this together. Yeah, it's so funny that you mention in that. I'm going to take a moment here to just tell you something that I've told. This is so wild, but when I was speaking at Family Life Weekends to remember, a lot of – I got a little ear warning here, but I'm going to be very discreet in what I'm going to say. Intimacy in marriage can be a difficult thing. And for some women, they've bought the line that, oh, man, all they want is, right? Now, I need, and this is what I told these women, that I said, this is something that your man, a God-fearing man, imperfect as he is. If you got a man, by the way, that loves God imperfectly, because we all love God imperfectly. You've got a great gift. And let me tell you, ladies, what I tell hundreds of women when I get just women alone at a big marriage conference. I tell them, I'm about to tell you something that your man probably has never had the courage or maybe the words to articulate. Your man wants to pleasure you more than himself when Mm -hmm. he's in Christ Jesus. I know we're getting a little bit dicey in here. We're right on the edge right now, but we're we're holding our own here. And I said, this, this is the coolest thing about submission, is that submission is not a doormat. Yeah. It's not. It's about trust. But I said, one thing you got to know is that your man, this is what real godly men are thinking about in the sheets. Yeah. And you can't believe the response. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's like an epiphany where women go, whoa, that's a cool thing to know. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we got to that portion of this discussion, <laughs> but we got there. Coming up here in a moment, guys, we're going to finish strong here today. Oh, we've got a, we got so much going on. Candlelight carols. Carolyn Leaf here was talking about the power of the mind. Yes. Not too long ago, I had Allie. We had mm-hmm. a great discussion. Caroline Leaf is so well-respected. You know what? Um, in this next half hour, we've got her loaded up. We do. All right. We do. We're going to get some Caroline Leaf here, and um, we're ready to rumble here today, guys. That's coming up straight in. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings.
Dr. Carolyn Leaf is our guest right now. She's a cognitive neuroscientist with a PhD in communication pathology. She's written extensively different books, articles. She has a YouTube channel talking about how we use our mind, how we control our thoughts, and how we do just this, take every thought captive. So, Dr. Leaf, what's your take on this? How do we practically take a step toward controlling our mind and taking every thought captive? It begins with the awareness that you actually can do it, that you're designed to basically control how you think, feel, and choose on a moment-by-moment basis. In fact, the research shows a lot of stuff. The two major things that help people is, first of all, understanding that thoughts are real things, and a thought is basically your memories. They're your memories, and your thinking, feeling, and choosing builds thoughts. So you, with your thinking, feeling, and choosing on a moment-by-moment basis, because you're always thinking, feeling, and choosing, you're actually building all these these thoughts which are in your mind that you, as you think, feel, and choose into real structures inside of your brain. So every thought that we build has a double, has basically a double representation: one in your mind and one in your physical brain. And the thoughts form the roots of your words and your actions. So if you don't think, feel, and choose correctly in your natural wired for love design then you're going to build toxic thoughts into your brain and have toxic thoughts in your mind that your mind and your brain are not the same thing they separate they, the mind works through the brain and when you have toxic thoughts in your brain you literally cause brain damage in your brain and your body and that has all kinds of results basically increases your vulnerability to physical illnesses and mind issues by 75 to 98 percent yeah when we when you use the scriptures renew your mind and bring all thoughts to captivity, they're very significant scriptures that everyone says all the time, but they sometimes I think people say scriptures like a magic potion instead of really realizing that you've actually got to do something about this. So science is a fantastic way of understanding how to apply this knowledge and how to see that that's not just something that you say, but it's something that you actually need to do. So renewing your mind is a constant process because it's renewing. It's not just a now and then process. It's a moment-by-moment thing. And bring all thoughts into captivity. All means all thoughts. So we are supposed to be bringing all thoughts into captivity to God, to love, to and aligning them with our wired for love design and making sure that they are lining up with what they're supposed to be lining up with so that we speak and do what we're supposed to be doing. Dr. Caroline Leaf is our guest right now. Okay, I've got a couple of questions here. Let's take it. Let's break it down. How do you take thoughts captive? We know that a lot of us have horrible thinking. We've been building this case all morning long. We hope and pray our morning show does this, that we're in a battle for the mind. But how do you take them captive, let alone begin to process out the bad ones? You have to be. You have to train yourself to be self. To be very self-aware. We have to be self-regulated. We have to make choice. So it comes down to a very spiritual thing, which is choice. And the research, mine. Um, I have done 30 years of brain research in this area. And for what I, what's consistently come up, the reason I say that is what has consistently come up is that we as humans are totally and utterly able to become aware of our thinking, feeling, and choosing. Almost as though you stand back and you observe yourself thinking, feeling, and choosing. And so it's a choice to actually be aware of how you think, feel, and choose. And in the awareness, you can then take the next steps, which is to actually change. So bringing a thought into captivity is begins with awareness, and then it begins and it begins with a choice to be aware, and and then to, so watch yourself like during the course of the day. What are you saying to people? What are your reactions 
what are you how are you reacting to people? What is the impact of what you're saying and doing on your loved ones, on your work colleagues, on how you're functioning? What are you thinking about right at this moment? Is it in alignment with love? Is it are you in a are you just allowing intrusive thoughts to just wander through your brain unchecked or are you actually catching them? Because thoughts are real things and if you're allowing a bunch of toxicity to move through your mind without catching it and redesigning it, which is what we designed to do then you are creating damage to your brain and your body, which will increase your, as I mentioned earlier, your vulnerability to disease by yeah. 75%, and also all the mind issues. You know, so we, we talk about mental health a lot these days, and we talk about mental health being on the rise, but it's not mental health that's on the rise, because we've all always battled with incorrect decisions. What's on the rise is mismanagement of mental health and taking away people's responsibility in the process and then trying to make it a disease. It's not a disease if you have depression. Depression or anxiety or um, intrusive thought, these kind of things are are signals that you aren't dealing with your stuff, that Hmm. you've got some sort of trauma or bitterness or unforgiveness or toxic habit that you're not dealing with. You know, so we need to become much more responsible, much more inward-looking, much more reflective, which doesn't increase our pride or our self-obsession, which is a a problem in this day and age and all the time, actually. It actually increases our humility because when you recognize the power of your mind and you recognize how you are wired for love and made in God's image and when you recognize from the science that we designed to literally capture our thoughts every 10 seconds, this is very empowering and very um, encouraging, which is what I write about in my book. More with Dr. Caroline Leaf coming up. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carlin Crew Mornings. Dr. Caroline Leaf is our guest right now. And, uh, Dr. Leaf, a lot of people are processing a different trauma throughout their, from childhood, from adulthood. Sometimes it's physical trauma, sometimes it's emotional trauma. And that can often lead to thought patterns that are very difficult to break. Uh, speak to that a little bit. How do you work through some of those thought processes, things that haunt you, memories that are the result of genuine trauma? So the way I always answer that big question is by explaining to people that Um, To come back to the statement that I made earlier on that we wired for love. So what we see is that there aren't any physical parts to us, nothing in our cells, nothing in our brain, no circuits, no proteins, no enzymes, nothing in the physical brain and body that are wired for anything toxic. We actually wire, we made in love from love. We come from God. So we see this reflected in the structure of the human brain and body. So that's the first point to know that your natural design is one of health and not toxicity. Let me, let me jump in there, doctor, really quick though, to, to clarify, we're made in the image of God, but it, it's so at a very basic level, we're designed for love. Sin flawed that, but we're designed for that, correct? Exactly. So at the core of who we are, we are designed and wired for love, which means we're designed to think well, feel well, choose well. As you think, feel, and choose, you are creating physical structures in your brain. You're building matter with your mind. So your brain, so as you think, feel, and choose in your love design, you activate a response in the brain that is that aligns with the structure of the brain. So you build something that's compatible. And that what do you build? You're building these thoughts, and then the thoughts become the roots of what you say and what you do. So we, all through the day, as you open your eyes, in the morning, you're experiencing the events and circumstances of life. So you're processing that email, that trauma, that conversation. Everything that you are experiencing is processed through your mind. You think, feel, and choose in response, and that then builds these structures into your brain, and you have them in your mind. 
And this, so if it's a traumatic experience, if you are raped or abused or bullied or whatever extreme of, of trauma, basically that is still an experience that you're experiencing. You're still processing that. And obviously because it's a toxic signal, it's toxic, it's not healthy, you're processing it in a, um, still through your thinking, feeling, and choosing. And then you, so you build a toxic representation. So instead of it being a healthy thought in your brain and thoughts look a bit like trees, so instead of it being a big, healthy green tree, which would come from our wired for love design and wired for love choices, trauma is something that becomes this huge, toxic, damaged protein structured tree in your brain that that creates a sense of anxiety and depression uh, trauma so those are big words that this, that aren't a disease they are the feeding that your body creates in response to the fact that you've now built something toxic inside yeah. your brain okay so we can manage this because that's not that's not um, normal because it's not trauma is not normal but we experience that yeah. And we go through trauma. So we can we have to realize that it doesn't have to own us, that we can stand back and observe our own thinking. And it begins, trauma begins, healing with trauma begins with forgiveness. It begins with actually acknowledgement that it's there, that there's a root issue, that something happened. And then it begins with forgiveness, which starts the disentanglement process and the healing process. Okay, Dr. Caroline Leaf is our guest right now. I've got time for one more quick question, and I want to be so practical with this. Why is God's Word so fundamental to the retraining of a mind that's been abused, that's been misled, that's been whatever? How does that work practically, doctor? Well, I take Deuteronomy 30.19 as my answer, which is, I labor for you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose. Choose life. So in other words, we are designed and able to choose. We have free will. And throughout the scriptures, we see this principle of free will. We've got to choose. It's not going to just land in our lap. We have to choose. And that's a very spiritual thing. So being practically choosing to be aware of our design, which is made in God's image. So so that's why the science is so great. You physically aren't designed for toxicity. When you when you make the wrong choice and you don't align with God, um, then you, you damage this. I just want to quickly stress that there's two, I always talk about two categories of responses. The one is voluntary, where we voluntarily get irritated or frustrated or gossip or something like that. The other is the involuntary, which is the trauma. So trauma, no one wants trauma, but it's still a toxic signal. This is why we have to deal with it. No one wants toxic habits, but we build them. We make wrong choices. So those are two categories that we have to bring into captivity and redesign. And and I've developed over the years um, the research on how to do the renewing of the mind in a very practical way. Science is very practical. Science is knowledge. Knowledge comes from God. So when you blend science and scripture, you have a very practical tool for living everyday life in a very practical way. So it's not just nice to know stuff. It actually becomes a reality in your life. So that's what I basically put in my books, a five-step process for how to identify the thought, identify the toxic habit, identify the trauma, find the root, and actually rewire change your mind and rewire your brain and move forward as a champion as your as per your your theme this yeah. week you want more of that content we got it for you boom crew go to drleaf.com that's drleaf.com hey this is carl with carl and crew and i'm so grateful that you listened to this show cast thank you mostly for being part of the boom crew as we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.